Hello, friend. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. This is Pastor Pitts Evans. On this podcast, we read and discuss one chapter of God's Word per episode. Let's go now to the Bible and see what the Lord has for us today. Matthew chapter 14. At that time, Herod the Tetrarch heard reports about Jesus, and he said to his attendants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. That's why miraculous powers are at work in him. Now Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, It's not lawful for you to have her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of the people because they considered John a prophet. On Herod's birthday, the daughter of Herodias danced for the guests and pleased Herod so much that he promised with an oath to give her whatever she asked. Prompted by her mother, she said, Give me here on a platter the head of John the Baptist. The king was distressed, but because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he ordered that her request be granted and had John beheaded in the prison. His head was brought in on a platter and given to the girl who carried it to her mother. John's disciples came and took his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus. When Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You need to give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve baskets full of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, plus the women and children. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you're the Son of God. When they had crossed over, they landed at Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all of the surrounding country. 
People brought all of their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his garment, and all who touched it were healed. Our chapter begins with King Herod wondering who Jesus was and wondering if maybe he was John the Baptist raised from the dead. Verse 3 tells us what had happened to John. It says, Herod had arrested John and bound him and put him in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife. For John had been saying to him, it's not lawful for you to have her. And so this King Herod was the son of Herod the Great. Herod the Great was the one who tried to kill Jesus when he was a little baby. And so his son was given a portion of Herod the Great's kingdom, and his other son, Philip, was also given an area to rule and reign over. So two sons of Herod the Great, and this Philip had been married to the woman Herodias, and her brother, Herod Jr., took Philip's wife and married her illegally, unlawfully in Judaism, and he did it because he had the power to do it, and apparently she was a willing participant in this, but John confronted Herod about this and said, you're in sin. You're not supposed to have this woman as your wife. And so Herod had wanted to to, uh, kill John, but he was afraid to do it. But this Herodias, the woman, was very murderous towards John. And so when the time was right, she had her daughter dance for King Herod. And then uh, when he wanted to reward the daughter for dancing, she asked for the head, the life of John the Baptist. And so Herod killed John the Baptist. His sin His sin was confronting, um, or his crime, rather, was confronting King Herod about uh, his immorality in marrying his brother Philip's wife. And so that cost him his life. But the real cost was righteousness. The real cause for his life being forfeited was that he stood for God. He stood for the purposes of God. He was an uncompromising man. He was not willing to compromise what heaven was saying. And in his case, it ended up costing his life. Jesus um, is told about John having been executed, and uh, the Bible says that Jesus wanted to go aside and pray, and he was um, moved because of the loss of his first cousin, John, and this man who had foretold that he was the Lamb of God and so forth. But when he saw the crowds that were looking for him and all their sick, he came back and intended to their needs first rather than his own. It says in verse 14, Jesus saw a large crowd And he had compassion on them and healed their sick. And so Jesus was always more concerned about the people, other people, than he was about himself. And so even though he was grieving for John, he took time out to have compassion on the people and pray for their sick and to heal them. And then he directed um, the people who had been away from home for some time following him. He directed the disciples to feed them. And this dialogue went on. The disciples said, how are we going to feed all these people? There's over 5,000 men, plus the women and children. And Jesus said, you feed them. And so in verse 19, he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish that they had. And looking up to heaven, Jesus gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. So think about this, friends. They had five loaves of bread and two little fish. Jesus gave thanks for what he had and multiplied the loaves and the fish. Jesus created matter out of other matter. He multiplied uh, food that was probably sufficient for one or two people and made it sufficient for 5,000 men plus the women and children that were with them, maybe 15,000, 20,000 people. 
ate from those five loaves and two fish. Not only did they eat, just to make the point, the Bible says they picked up 12 baskets full of leftovers. And so there was an abundance of food. Jesus multiplied matter. He had authority over matter. And then Jesus um, went aside to pray, and the disciples went out on the Sea of Galilee. And um, uh, in the night, Jesus decided it was time to join them, but the boat was far away from the shore. So Jesus wasn't hindered by that. He walked on the lake. In verse 25, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And, of course, they were terrified at first until they realized it was Jesus. When Jesus climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Verse 33 says, Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you're the Son of God. And so Jesus had authority over matter to create loaves and fish. He had authority over nature to walk on water and to still the, uh, the storm. He had authority over sickness and disease. He healed the sick. And once again, in verse 34, it says, When they crossed over the Sea of Galilee, they landed in Gennesaret. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all of the surrounding country. People brought all of their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. So the touching of his cloak, somehow the people thought, If we can just touch his cloak, we'll be healed. You may remember a few chapters ago, we talked about the woman with the issue of blood. She had um, said the same thing in her heart. If I can just come up and touch the hem of his garment or the edge of his cloak, then I'll be healed. Well, what was this cloak? This was the, the garment that all religious Jewish men wore. They were required by Numbers 1538 and Deuteronomy 2212 to wear a garment that represented the Word of God. And so Jesus, as an observant Jew, wore one of these garments. The garment had tassels on it, or fringes, known as zitzit. And the zitzits represented the do's and don'ts in the Torah, in the Old Covenant Scriptures, especially the first five books of Moses. And so in this passage, in Matthew 14, 36, people touched the edge of his cloak In Matthew 9.20, the woman with the issue of blood touched his cloak. It's repeated in Mark 5.27 and Mark 6.56. But this cloak, this prayer garment, represented the Word of God. Jesus was the Word of God personified. But once again, Jesus demonstrated he had power over sickness. So in this one chapter, Jesus, the God-man, had power over the sick He had power over diseases. He had power over matter. He created loaves and fish and food for up to 20,000 people. He had authority over nature. He walked on the water. He had authority over storms. The winds died down. And the disciples recognized him in verse 32. They said, truly, you're the Son of God. Now, friends, I want you to recognize the truth about Jesus, too. He's much more than a prophet. He's much more than a good man. He's much more than the son of David, descended from King David. He is indeed the Messiah of Israel and the Messiah of all mankind. But he's as the disciples recognized on that day that he demonstrated his power. He is the Son of God. Truly, Jesus is the Son of God. And the scriptures call on us, friends, to recognize him as that and nothing less. Lord God, we recognize this morning that Jesus is the Son of God. He is the Lord over nature. He's the Lord over created things, over matter, over fish and bread. He's the Lord over sickness and disease. He's the Lord over all. And as the disciples did before us, we worship Jesus. We bow down before him. 
and we say from our hearts, truly, Jesus, you're the Son of God. We love you, we adore you, we honor you here today. In your name we pray, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.